Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and uh, this is a lecture I gave at the SCCT, the Cardiac CT meeting. I gave two lectures, I gave four lectures actually, but I gave two of them, one on advances in hardware and one on advances in software for cardiac CT. So let's take you through first the talk on advances in hardware. And if you look and say, well, what is computer hardware? Uh, there's a good definition. Computer hardware is a collection of physical elements that comprise a computer system. Computer hardware refers to the physical parts of the computer, the monitor, keyboard, mouse. It refers to solid things, things you can touch, as opposed to software, which is untouchable. Software exists as ideas, concepts, or symbols, but it has no substance. And of course, the authors here make very clear that a combination of hardware and software form a usable computing system. And so one without the other just doesn't work, of course. But let's focus on hardware. So what are the latest advances in hardware? So there are many ways of looking at things. We can talk about scanners and x-ray tubes and detectors and various components and workstations. And as I mentioned, software and hardware really are very much interconnected. And so in a sense, I'm kind of creating some sort of a distinct but arbitrary separation. So if you look at the changes in hardware, where are they coming from? Well, most of them are coming from the classic multimodality companies, be it Siemens, GE, Philips, and Toshiba. Also coming from PAX vendors like Castream and McKesson, to name two of them. And some of the subspecialty companies, Vital Images and TerraRecon, might be two of them. When you look at cardiac CT, the goals of cardiac CT go far beyond just hardware and software. Our goals are in some ways simple. The best quality exam, or a high quality exam for every patient, and we want that examination to be at the lowest dose possible without compromising image quality. We want data to be easily post-processed. So we want post-processing programs that are easy to use and correctly analyze our data sets. And then we want ways of sending that information quickly to the referring physician to allow for rapid management. So the goal of this talk was to define the latest hardware to meet these goals, define what hardware choices are available and some of the advantages of each system, and in part define where future changes in scanner hardware development is going and how it might impact our practice in cardiac CT. So as a disclaimer, what I want to say is that I asked each of the four major vendors to share with me or share with you some of the key things they're working on uh, that are in their latest and greatest scanners. And what I did is I'll present that to you, and I thank them all for their slides, and I'll present that in the order uh, of the alphabet. So let's start with GE. GE's top-of-the-line scanner is the 750HD Freedom Edition. Uh, it's a cardiac spectral, a dual-energy scanner. Some of the key things it does, combining hardware and software, is to try to optimize motion-free imaging with snapshot freeze, calcium-free imaging where you can use dual energy to potentially remove calcium, and the ability to really uh, work on some of the motion-related issues. So let's go into that in more detail. So coronary motion correction with snapshot freeze, talking about a 29 millisecond effective tempo resolution. So really it allows you to get away from a lot of the uh, issues with motion. You can see in this example how nicely it can correct for the slight blurring in motion. And the snapshot freeze, you can see a heart rate in the mid-70s. With the snapshot freeze, images which would seem to be non-usable become excellent quality images. 
When you look at this snapshot freeze and the very fast tempo resolution, same thing here, looking at the heart, looking at the coronaries, and you can see with snapshot freeze, everything becomes faster in terms of acquisition, and image quality improves significantly. And as another example of a patient who's a 12-year-old showing you very nicely images that might be considered uninterpretable for the uh, anomalous origin of the right coronary and with snapshot freeze very nicely shown. Now GE also is pushing the gemstone spectral imaging. And with gemstone, you can do ultra-fast KVP switching. So when we talk about spectral imaging, which is the same term as dual energy, you can have the Siemens technique with two X-ray tubes, or the GE with this very fast switching. Uh, one of the things, of course, a big advantage would be potentially you can do full 50-centimeter field of view. We do the, this dual energy at dose neutrality. And there are many different uh, possible applications. And you can see very nicely uh, from these images that the ability to get high quality images is really this very rapid uh, change in terms of image quality. And if you press the little bottom of the image on your right, you can see that as a real time motion. Now, this whole area with uh, dual energy or spectral imaging, some of the advantages you can see here, showing you the ability to not only separate bone from contrast, but uh, the ability to look at contrast versus calcium and potentially remove calcium for more accurate imaging of stenosis, whether it's carotid or runoff studies, or it's in the coronaries. And here's a nice example of coronary artery, of uh, common iliac artery occlusion with identification of occlusion with or without calcification. Uh, the iodine image allows for visualization of the occlusion in the common iliac artery. So just very nice visualizations and really improving what we can do in that example or in this example of the carotids where the calcification really makes it difficult to assess the origin of the internal and external carotid arteries. But with the calcium removed, you get a very nice view of luminal visualization. And finally, here it is looking at the coronaries. And so, you know, we all know that one of the most difficult things in coronary imaging is when there's dense calcifications present. Wouldn't it be incredible if you could remove the calcifications and be able to look at the image and truly then determine the degree of stenosis? And so that's one of the areas GE is pushing very rapidly. And these images do show that very nicely. Uh, Dose reduction is a big thing, but also the ability to improve image quality, in this case, decrease calcium blooming at high or KEVs. And beam hardening artifacts can cause uh, false defects in perfusion. And here again, as we look forward to new applications of perfusion imaging, uh, the gemstone can provide significant advantages in that as well. And here's one more example of a pre and post dent uh, coronary uh, calcium and uh, coronary CT angiography, showing significant reduction of the defect of st in stress, but showing how image quality does improve. Another thing in terms of the ability to separate calcium from non-calcified plaques would be to better understand plaque composition, and that's something with dual energy potentially will indeed be an advantage of the future. So you can see how hardware is changing our capabilities, but again, it's that hardware-software combination that truly is the main driver. Philips talks about their newest ICT system, a patient-centered approach to uh, increasing the capabilities of diagnostic imaging. 
uh, combining things like their uh, dose reduction package, looking at image quality, and then looking at potential uh, new hardware. There's nano panels, for example, to reduce radiation dose and improve image quality. Uh, Philips made a very strong point that they kind of look from a start to finish uh, type of hardware approach in that you can now combine the CT scanner with the, the injector to get better parameters and get more accurate parameters and better uh, accuracy in terms of doing the studies, complete integration of the scanner and injection protocols onto exam cards, defining the protocol for the individual patient and then storing it, and allowing for this real-time feedback. The uh, dose reduction, again, becomes very important across applications from metal reduction, artifacts, to just looking at the coronaries, brain, or other different areas. And uh, Phillips felt that their dose uh, can drop over 80% by combination of lower noise, better detectors, and uh, really redoing their entire package to the point that they feel they can have virtually noise-free images, yet reduce noise 90% without uh, having any cost in terms of image uh, quality or in detecting pathology, and yet doing this, as you can see from the curves on your left, with a low-dose study. And here's just one example of improved low-contrast uh, detectability with a markedly decrease in dose. Uh, Philips also talked about their next-generation computing devices, which will allow better reconstruction algorithms to lower the dose and do that in a fairly timely fashion, and also spoke about nanopanels, which allow a more pure electronic signal uh, than currently available, allows low x-ray techniques without distortion, and it really establishes a foundation for next-generation detection-based spectral CT. So again, looking at the hardware components to really drive the process, and you can see on this video, uh, and this is supplied to me obviously by Philips, uh, really where things are going. So if you look through this video, you can see that they're talking about their new detectors and how those detectors will drive a lot of their new scanners, but also the ability to do uh, uh, better quality images at lower dose, uh, and yet getting around the problems typically one has uh, with noise uh, and the like. So I think it becomes very, very important to, uh, to look at that. And I think if you take a few moments, uh, it's worthwhile to really look at this. And you can hear the music in the background. That is from this presentation. Uh, Siemens, uh, really also, again, hardware becomes very critical. The first fully integrated detector on the flash scanner, the ability to have two x-ray tubes with dual source flash spiral imaging, dynamic collimation, and a selective photon shield for dual energy. And this new detector technology is a very big part of what Siemens uh, has to offer, these new stellar detectors, which allow uh, decreased electronic noise, which means you can do thinner sections with lower dose and you get better quality images. So you can see when they compare conventional detectors with a stellar detector, where there's virtually no connection distance, significantly reduced electronic noise, which is where the success comes in. It's a very important hardware advance for this fully integrated stellar detector uh, by minimizing electronic noise and minimizing crosstalk. Again, all of these are things we tend not to think about because it happens in the background, these have major impacts 
on much of what the scanner does and also very important on patient dose. When you talk about stellar detectors, this reduced crosstalk minimizes slice blurring. You can now do 0.5 millimeter slices with increased cross-plane resolution, approaching 0.3 millimeters, which allows more precise 3D reconstruction. And just looking at this data set, comparing 0.5 and 0.6 millimeter slices, you can see how much better the 0.5 indeed are, particularly in this patient with fibrocalcified plaque. So again, the importance of being able to do this, you can see some of the parameters, and uh, this whole area of innovation on detectors is a very important part of the Siemens uh, uh, product. The other thing is the flash scanning. We have flash scanners at Hopkins. You can scan incredibly fast, pitches 3.2, even approaching 4. And it's very important because when you start looking at some of the images and you compare single and dual uh, source imaging, you recognize how important that speed indeed is that you can go from a five second to under one second breath hold. And you can see that in a schematic right here, how much faster the dual source is. And the conventional 64 is very fast, but the dual force is so much faster, it makes the 64 seems like it's standing still. And you can see some of the parameters that are necessary. Obviously, very fast scanning is particularly good in patients who can't hold their breath very well. In pediatric patients, for example, it works very, very nicely. Siemens also speaks about the dynamic collimator, the ability to minimize dose to patient, because typically, if you're scanning a volume with current detectors, the x-ray tube comes on before you're doing the actual scanning and stays on after you pass the volume in question. And so you're having unnecessary exposure both in the early and late part of the study. With the adaptive dose uh, collimators, it actually only exposes the patient to radiation during the area that needs to be scanned. It eliminates over-radiation both on the pre- and post-process of the study. And you can see very nicely the collimators in this case uh, we could talk about the amount the dose shield does provide, and we talk about anywhere between 10 and 25% reduced dose. Very, very important. Another thing Siemens mentioned is their selective photon shield for dual energy using a tin filter. Uh, one advantage, of course, the dual phase or the dual source scanner uh, gives you better tissue characterization because the ability to acquire information at the same time from two different KVs, whether it's 80 and 140 or it's 100 and 140. So that indeed becomes very, very important. Again, it's a dose neutral at 120 KV. And here are some of the uh, dual energy applications that have been FDA approved. So you can see there are many things. And if you look at where things are going, myocardial perfusion will be one of the really hot things. Can you use CT for myocardial perfusion and uh, dynamic quantitative stress perfusion? And software becomes very critical. You want information quickly and accurately. And here's a good example of where it can be done on the scanner. There's also some new work being done uh, a new project, and now the software is released for looking at aortic valves and the peripheral vessels to help do TAVARs, the, uh, these vascular uh, endovascular stent placements for the aortic valve. Very time-consuming, but with this new technology, it should be less time-consuming. And again, uh, some of the other things, combining software and hardware, from customizing individual protocols 
to automating image creation, to standardizing display and interpretation. So again, very much that same combination of hardware and software. Now Toshiba has been very big on the software with their 320 slice scanner, and they really look at things as five challenges, misregistration and banding, and you challenge that with whole organ coverage, variability in beat, contrast uniformity, radiation dose and calcium stents, and blooming. And you can see within their new product, there are solutions to each of the issues. In terms of misregistration and banding, the ability to acquire the heart in a single uh, rotation really almost eliminates those possibilities. Uh, so Shiba likes to talk about their one beat, one rotation of the entire heart without moving the patient, as you can see in the schematic there. And in this case of 0.36 millisieverts, you can, get, you can see how you can get very good quality studies at very low doses. So again, Toshiba is also pushing the technology to really lower the dose. Um, you could scan large volumes. You can combine a, a, a dual source or type acquisition with just a, with a total volume uh, way of thinking about things. And even if you need to scan larger areas, you can do several rotations as shown here. Uh, wide volumes in this case with aneurysm and grafts, the ability to analyze each part, or TAVARs where you need to look at the heart and then get the runoff studies. You can see one contrast injection, uh, but you're then able to scan the rest of the body and get the correct measurements that you need to do a TV, TAVR protocol. And again, you can see some of the parameters they speak about, but also some of the software they have, which allows you to do this quickly, but the software is something we'll address in the next lecture. Uh, Toshiba also mentioned now they have variable uh, helical pitch uh, CT, and you can see very nicely here as you go through the heart with one pitch, and then much quicker pitch as you go through the abdomen pelvis, a very nice uh, way of using that technology. They talk about the quantum detector with isotropic resolution, that the detector is a full field uh, you can see 0.5 millimeters by 320, which means you're covering 16 centimeters in rotation, which indeed becomes the what Toshiba feels is their advantage, this one beat difference. And you can see very nicely here, and you can take advantage of that even when patients have arrhythmias. Uh, the ability to use this very rapid acquisition for functional analysis is something that Toshiba is pushing. And again, you can see the quality and compare the quality with the dose. So we're talking about getting one to two millisieverts. So that covers the big companies. What else did I want to cover? Well, this is sort of hardware, but a little bit at the fringe, because I talked about scanner hardware. Well, one important piece of hardware that was introduced this year, which really impacts doing the studies, is this new Diffusix catheter. And this is by Beck and Dickinson, BD. And the importance of this catheter is it looks the same, now remember, we like to put an 18-gauge catheters for doing coronaries to inject 60 cc a second. Often it's hard to do that. You put in 20s. Well, this new Diffusix catheter looks like another catheter or every other catheter, and you insert it almost like every other catheter. But what's unique about this system is instead of one hole at the very end of the needle, there are multiple side holes. As you can see in this schematic, 
And what does that mean? Well, because you're able to now uh, decrease the pressure being injected, when you look carefully at this chart, and I'll zoom up a little bit, you can use a 20-gauge needle and get 10 cc's a second injection rate. Five would be incredible. 10? And even a 22 can get 6.5. So it's really changing everything we think about in terms of CT technology because now it's much easier to get a good study because you can get IV access and you don't need a big needle to be able to do a high injection rate. B&D also makes the point that because there are multiple side holes, there's less trauma on the far wall of the vessel, so less potential vessel injuries, potentially less chances of extravasation. And you can see very nicely the... Uh, demonstration from this schematic. So I think it's a very big area of future development. But this product itself and the idea of changing everything by coming out with a new needle is really critical. And this is something I think very important to all of us. And we're using these needles now at Hopkins. And I think it's something, particularly with the fact they're not very expensive, they're just a touch more expensive than the older catheters, really provides really good opportunity. So concluding then, cardiac CT will continue to benefit from advances in scanner technology and further improvements in hardware. Advances in hardware should help result in improved temporal and spatial resolution while driving down radiation dose. Again, the key balance. Newer concepts in hardware design will lead to newer opportunities in imaging and areas such as spectral imaging, perfusion, and increased functional imaging will be the story of the next 10 years. So with that, I'll stop here. I'd be happy to take any questions.